Chapter Four of Little Blue Book Six Forty Six: The Spirit of Brazilian Literature. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Little Blue Book Six Forty Six: The Spirit of Brazilian Literature by Isaac Goldberg. Chapter Four: The Romantic Epoch, eighteen thirty to eighteen seventy back of what has been called the romantic movement in european literature and in the literatures of america which were influenced by that stormy widespread awakening was a philosophy of self-liberation which has been traced back to the germans wolf author of one of the first histories of brazilian letters eighteen sixty three wrote of true romanticism that it was nothing other than the expression of a nation's genius unrestrained by the trammels of convention the germans he tells us avenged themselves for the double servitude political and literary with which the french had so long oppressed them by at last delivering the people from the pseudo-classic fetters a half century later the germans performed for france a similar literary service when they brought to the pseudo-classicism of the parnasians a new breath of romanticism which the historians have labelled symbolism and decadentism attempting to appreciate the movement not from the standpoint of categories but from that of the artist's intuitive approach we may say that the real contribution of the romantic movement was one of release from academically organized repression repression in form and thought in expression which are but so many aspects of the genetic impulse and not detached entities to be rearranged at will thus considered the measure of literary repression may be taken as one of the measures of classicism the measure of release from that repression may be taken as one of the measures of romanticism to argue in favor of one or the other or to attempt to draw too definite a line between them is a futile implication of the possibility of uniformity and moreover is to shift the criteria of art from an aesthetic to a moralistic basis there are really as many isms as there are creative individuals classic and romantic are aspects of all creative endeavor rather than definite and opposing qualities we cannot keep this too prominently in mind during all discussions of literary schools brazilian romanticism of which verissimo distinguished two different generations is in part naturally applied suggestion rather than spontaneous creation essential romanticism refuses to remain buried in the pages of the literary history i have said that there are latin american writers who believe their real romanticism to be still in the future the case could be made out for romanticism in the united states as just having begun its natural course the romantic epoch with which we are now dealing in brazil represents the richest of the national letters just as with the coming of joan the sixth the ports of the nation had been thrown open to european commerce so now was its culture thrown open to the currents of european thought nativism in literature now gives way to a valid nationalism the inhabitants now love not only the soil but the soul of the country partial accomplishment has consecrated inchoate aspirations a historical background has consolidated a tradition there is a budding of personality poetry the chief product of brazil becomes more varied the novel tends to crystallize into something like form beginnings are made in the theatre carvalho youngest of the literary historians of his country has chosen four representative poets of this period characterizing each by his salient quality gonzalves g magalhães 
1811 through 1882, thus stands for the religious phase of Brazilian Romanticism. He is generally credited with being the originator of the epoch. Gonzalves Gias, 1823-1864, through 1864, is one of the most popular writers in the entire Brazilian repertory, represents the poetry of nature. Alvarez G. Azevedo, 1831-1852, through 1852, is the poet of doubt. Castro Alves, 1847-1871, through 1871, is the singer of social reclamation, the poet of abolition. There are others, of course, whom we cannot, even in a survey of this nature, overlook entirely. Magalhães did not begin far from the beaten path. It was a visit to Europe in 1833 that converted him to French Romanticism. The very title of his new book, Poetic Sighs and Longings, as trite as it may sound to us now, seemed to proclaim the coming of a new orientation. The professions of faith in which the works of Latin American poets abound are not always to be taken too seriously. Magalhães, however, really meant it when he declared that the new muse thenceforth inspired his song, and that he was relinquishing the pagan lyre for the worship of nature and of nature's creator. His poetic trinity becomes nature, fatherland, and God. Not that there is anything exceptionally novel in these poems, but that religion, patriotism, and subjectivity have been more closely related to the poet's personality. From the formal standpoint, the verse is fairly free, and there is a refreshing attempt to mirror change of thought in change of rhythm. His attempt at an epic, the confederation of the Tamoyos in Ten Cantos, blends the patriotic and the religious strains of the author. The attitude towards the Jesuits is opposite to that adopted by Basilio Gigama and his Uruguay. The Jesuits alone, of all the Portuguese, appear in a worthy light, while the Indians, if they yield at last to civilization, are idealized into defenders of justice against the exploiting Portuguese. The origin of the modern Brazilian drama has been ascribed to Magalhães' tragedy upon the martyred playwright Antonio José, yet the play, coming from a romanticist, is strangely faithful to the formal tenets of classicism. Porto Alegre, 1806-1879, through 1879, a noted painter, showed the influence of Magalhães in his poem, The Voice of Nature. Porto Alegre's epic, Colombo, however, like his Brasilianas revealed the influence of the man who had stirred Magalhães himself to write the confederation of the Tamayos, Gonzalves Gias. Gias to me is much more interesting than Magalhães. He was a more lyrical spirit. Gias, moreover, is a physical and psychic blend of the country's ethnic factors, and each of these strains has found embodiment in his work. In the epic Os Timbifas, called by him in an American poem, you will find the Indian. In Ahasgrava, the slave, you will find the African. In the Cistillas de Frey Antão, you will find the Portuguese. If this blend, as Carvalho would have it, is responsible for the poet's inner turmoil, it explains also his versatility. As Magalhães is patriotic in his religion, so is Gonzalves Gias, religious in his patriotism. His Americanism takes on the guise of a blind hostility to Europe. The old continent is only a source of evil to the new. Yet his patriotism is much more reason than his hatred. Our fatherland, he has written in one of his poems, is wherever we live a life free of pain and grief, where friendly faces surround us, where we have love, 
where friendly voices console us in our misfortune where a few eyes will weep their sorrow over our solitary grave the name of gonzalves gias is fairly a symbol of the indianism of brazilian poetry in brazilian life the reaction against the mother country had gone so far that as early as the date of brazil's declaration of independence september seventh eighteen twenty two numerous families had given up their portuguese names and adopted native ones this was not so much love of the native as hatred of portugal at bottom of this idealization of the native and this holds as true for the united states as for brazil and spanish america in general is a simple psychological phenomenon that has not been touched upon in the literary histories the former colonists had achieved an independence of mind as well as of place they had reached an inner self-reliance to revert to the figure with which i open this little book the daughter nation had reached adulthood in the desire to emphasize the cleavage between empire and colony it needed a definite symbol of that break here was the indian native to the land inhabiting it before it ever swam into european consciousness he was that symbol whereupon the brazilians projected themselves upon the figure of the indian in idealizing him they were in reality idealizing themselves this too helps to explain the difference between the first and second types of indianism to which i referred in discussing the epic writers of the Bahian group the indian at first was merely part of the scenery and often was exterminated with as little compunction as trees are felled when a clearing must be made during the era of independence he was sentimentalized into a literary background the people had made of gonzalves gius their favorite poet long before verissimo named him their greatest verissimo also noticed in connection with gius a phenomenon that has not been since repeated the history of our romanticism will recognize that the strength of this spiritual movement came not alone from the talent of its chief authors but from their communion with the milieu from the sympathy which they found there our literature was then for the first time and perhaps the last social gonzalves gius's song of exile captured the soul of the brazilian people and of its poets as well after his simple verses to his fatherland which managed to reveal simplicity without falling into doggerel and to chant sentiment without lapsing into sentimentality there is a flood of rhymed patriotic fervor casamiro de abreu magalhães porto alegre alvares de azevedo lorindo habelo junqueira frere all sing the song of exile if verissimo fails to find in gonzalves gius love that has been deeply felt i believe it is because the critic himself has been deceived by a certain personal passionlessness to be sure the poet is restrained he is no bilac the very voice of voluptuousness but neither is he a rhyming eunuch alvarez g azevedo is the chief brazilian byronian yet it would be short-sighted to class him offhand with the many echoers of the englishman his lyre of a twenty-year-old through the themes of byron Musset, and Leparthi, sounds an individual note the sincerity of his lines is attested by the early death that he foresaw this was no mere attitudinizing out of his weakness he tried in verse to fashion omnipotence he is par excellence brazil's sick child ill with the malady of the century pose there was in flaunting satanism but too many of these poets in brazil and in the various republics of spanish america died young for one to doubt their sincerity altogether 
the morbid affectation comes easily at twenty only old age hesitates to trifle with the theme of death the romantic era however put a premium upon l'homme fatal the man or woman dogged by fate stamped with the seal of haunting mystery it made a literary fashion a personal weakness eccentricity idiosyncrasy it did not as some college professors imagine create that weakness and that eccentricity it nurtured the artistic expression of these human traits there have always been romantics and classicists there will always be the boy poet exercised an appreciable influence upon his fellows they do not comprise a long-lived generation lorindo habello eighteen twenty six through eighteen sixty four achieved fame as an improvising wanderer who tried to improvise life as well as verses he has been called one of the last of the troubadours he is indeed the brazilian bagliaccio of poetry junqueira freire eighteen thirty two through eighteen fifty five tried the seclusion of the monastery as as had habello but it brought little solace to his heart that had been disappointed in love he enters the place at the unmonastic age of twenty and soon learns that the cell of a monk is also a grave from such precocious piety he whirls to a blasphemy equally puerile i find his prose more artistic than his verse and i believe that his real personality may be discovered there casimiro de abreu eighteen thirty seven through eighteen sixty is the singer of love and saudade it is under the influence of nostalgia and love writes verissimo for both in him are really an ailment that he begins to sing of brazil but the brazil that he sings in such deeply felt verses the patria that he weeps is the land in which were left the things he loved and chiefly that unknown girl to whom he dedicated his book the longing for his country together with the charms that this yearning increased or created are what made him a patriot if with this restriction may be applied to him an epithet that from my pen is not a token of praise verissimo is so simply faithful to his unostentatious aesthetic point of departure that i cannot resist quoting at this juncture a few lines of his written in connection with the nationalism of the brazilian romantics among their salient qualities he lists nationalism not that factitious nationalism of duty or erudition in which intention and process are clearly discernible but the expression unconscious so to say of the national soul itself in its feeling its manner of speech its still rudimentary thought these are words that might be kept in mind by more than one self-conscious reviewer of our united states letters who would usher in a national literature with the same tactics and the same roughshod trampling upon artistic considerations that are to put over a bond drive or prosecute a war fagundas varela eighteen forty one through eighteen seventy five is a disputed figure together with machado de assis and luis guimarães he is looked upon as a transitional poet leading from romanticism to parnassianism he had something of gonzalves Gias's indianism of azevedo's satanism and of the condoreismo of castro alves and tobias pajeto condoreismo is so called from the condor so too with more derogatory connotations we have the word spread eagle from a sister bird of the condor magniloquent flights of language characterize the style and usually the thoughts and emotions portrayed fall lower than the verbal attitude 
Baeto, 1839-1889, was largely responsible for the introduction of German culture into Brazil. He exercised a deep influence upon Silvio Romero. Castro Alves was less educated. He lived only to the age of 24. But what he lacked in learning, he made up in sensitivity and imagination. When he is inspired with the cause of abolition, he becomes a pillar of fire. He is one of the national poets. Fundamentally, I believe he is an orator. His language, as often as not, is the language of poetic fever. Image clashes upon image. Antithesis runs rife. Verses flow like lava down the sides of a volcano. Nothing human seems alien to his libertarian fervor. He captures the Brazilian imagination by giving its fondness for eloquence ideas to feed upon. Now he is seeing the glories of the book in education. Now he is upbraiding the assassin of Lincoln. Now glorifying the rebel. Now picturing the plight of the slaves in words that are for all the world like a shower of sparks. He has his tenderer moments, too. True to his epigraph from Heine, he was a sword rather than a liar a purpose more often than a poet. It is Castro Alves, the man in the poet, rather, than the poet in the man that I admire. The Brazilian novel is regarded as the product of the Romantic movement. There were, of course, precursors among them, Teixeira e Sousa, 1812-1861, and Joaquim Noberto de Sousa Silva, 1820-1891. These must be left to the curious and leisurely investigator of origins. The virtual beginnings are to be found in Joaquim Manuel G. Macedo, 1820, and it is written here to 1822, and José G. Alencar, 1829 through 1877. There is nothing deep in Macedo. He portrayed the frivolous society of the epoch of Dom Pedro II and exploited the taste of the day. War, he wrote, like so many of our novelists of today, chiefly for women. He has been called, indeed, par excellence, the novelist of the Brazilian woman, and it is the idealized woman of the lesser novelist that he has in mind. Frankness or depth of insight are not for him. The contemporary reader, who has, like the little Spanish child, been cured of horror, finds him tame, insipid. His pages possess, by virtue of their very simplicity, a certain piquancy. His reputation was established in 1849 with the publication of Morenina, the brunette, the only other of his novels that will long occupy his countrymen, is O Mosso Lauro, the blonde young man. The stories might have been issued in our own fireside companion. They were meant, indeed, for the family hearth. Of far greater importance is José Gialincar, famous for his Guarani and Iracema. The first of these books form the basis of the libretto, which set to music by the native composer carlos gomez has made the rounds of the operatic world the second was translated into english by none other than sir francis burton translator of camoin's epic the lusiads and genius wanderer of the globe it is now one of the rarest of the bertoniana alencar is to the novel what gonzalez gius is to brazilian poetry the representative indianist Costa, one of the recent historians of the Brazilian novel, finds Alencar the superior of Gonzalves Gias in respect of Indianism. His Indians do not express themselves like doctors from Coimbra. They speak as nature has taught them, loving, living, and dying like the lesser plants and animals of the earth. Their passions are as sudden and as violent as the tempest, rapid conflagrations that burst forth 
for an instant flaring glaring and as soon disappearing that it seems to me is making out the best case possible for alencar by no means always lives up to the tribute at his best he is really a poet employing the medium of prose his plots are of secondary importance it is his background his palette of gorgeous pigments that still win the nation's admiration of the foreign influences that played upon him the obvious ones are chateaubriand de vigny balzac dumas and hugo our own cooper too himself an indianist contemporaneous with alencar had an effect upon the brazilian innovator but not in the manner that some of his native critics have tried to discern alencar himself in a rare document has sought to put his case clearly and show that his guarani is much more than a novel in the cooper style alencar's model that is his own word was chateaubriand his master however was nature that glorious nature which surrounds me and in particular the magnificence of the deserts which i studied in early youth and which were the majestic portals through which i penetrated into my country's past it was from this source this vast secular book that i drew the pages of guarani and iracema and many other from this source and not from the works of chateaubriand still less from those of cooper which were only a copy of the sublime original that i had read within my heart brazil like the united states and most other countries of america has a period of conquest in which the invading race destroys the indigenous this struggle presents analogous characters because of the similarity of the native tribes only in peru and mexico do they differ thus the brazilian novelist who seeks the plot of his novel in this period of invasion cannot escape a point of contact with the north american writer but this approximation comes from history it is inevitable and not the result of imitation if neither chateaubriand nor cooper had existed the american novel would have appeared in brazil in due season years after having written guarani alencar wrote the book in his twenty-seventh year and would have it that the tale occurred to him in his ninth as he was crossing the sertões of the north on the road from sierra to bahia i reread cooper in order to verify the observation of the critics and i was convinced that it was of minor importance there is not in the brazilian novel a single personage whose type may be traced to the last of the mohicans the spy the pioneers and lionel lincoln cooper considers the native from the social point of view and was in the description of indigenous customs a realist in guarani the savage is an ideal which the writer tried to poetize divesting him of the coarse incrustation in which he was swathed by the chroniclers in rescuing him from the ridicule that the stultified remnants cast upon the almost extinct race but cooper say the critics describes american nature and what was he to describe if not the scene of his drama walter scott before him had provided the motto for these pen landscapes that form part of local color what should be investigated is whether the descriptions of guarani show any relationship or affinity to cooper's descriptions the brazilian novelist presenting thus his own case hits precisely upon those two qualities sea lore and realism for which cooper fifty years after alencar wrote this piece of autocriticism was rediscovered to united states readers by professor carl van doren not only did he outdo scott in sheer accuracy writes the critic of the united states novel but he created a new literary type the tale of adventure on the sea in which though he was to have many followers in almost every modern language he has not been surpassed for vigour and swift rush of narrative 
alencar by avowal is no realist nor is he concerned with mere accuracy guarani is the one book by which he is sure to be remembered for many a year it is a prose poem in which the love of the indian prince Petty for the white sese daughter of a portuguese noble is unfolded against a sumptuous tapestry of the national scene there have been quarrels over his style his syntax becomes as wild as the regions of his fiction yet costa has praised him for rescuing the national prose from the horrors while others find in his line the herald of that nervous style which is characteristic of euclides da cunha revealer of the certain certainismo itself however that is the literary exploitation of the inner highlands or certoins was initiated by bernardo joaquin g silva guimarães eighteen twenty seven through eighteen eighty five he was followed by franklin tavora eighteen forty two through eighteen eighty eight and particularly escranole tonne eighteen forty three through eighteen ninety nine whose innocencia is one of the country's few original novels innocencia has been twice translated into french and has been put into english italian german danish and even japanese manuel antonio g almeida eighteen thirty through eighteen sixty one in his memorias de un sargento de milicias made a premature attempt to introduce the realistic novel his own premature death robbed the nation of a promising writer the comedies of luis carlos martins pena eighteen fifteen through eighteen forty eight represent the only vital contribution of the theatre to the epoch he stands almost alone the romantic period in brazil is one of intense activity historically it is of prime importance aesthetically it reveals a certain broadening of interest yet how much of enduring value did the period produce take away a few salient novels and what is left in prose if the poets fare better how much of their work would withstand the scrutiny of a strict aesthetic criticism we are becoming wiser in our tastes just as the age produces the movement the movement helps to produce the personality or to be more precise the movement provides a background for the personality to exploit or to react against and creative personality is the flower of literature such personalities in brazilian literature are rare the following decades produce a number the age becomes more eclectic the freedom of the modern spirit a freedom that few may know is upon us it is a groping freedom cumbered by spiritual allegiances to europe by wavering strides by hesitancy but out of it gradually emerges as we shall see a new conception of literary independence that shall parallel the political independence End of chapter 4